The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you a CEO or ready to become one? Have we got an hour for you. Welcome to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. We're ready to set you up for success. Your reputation with shareholders and clients is important, but standing apart from your competitors is also essential to your success. We'll help you do both. Now, here is your host, Pam Lassiter. Welcome to the CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. I'm your host, Pam Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're with us today in the go-to place for honing the right skills to become a CEO and to stay there as a strategic competitive leader. You can email me at info at ceoacademywithpam.com, connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Lassiter Consulting, or follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Pam Lassiter. Our guest today, who is going to talk to us about turbocharging your company's organic growth, is John Fletcher, CEO of Fletcher Spate, Inc., a strategy consulting firm focused on doing just that, growing their clients' current and future revenues. No mean feat. <laughs> a lifetime job. You can find John on Fletcher Spate, that's S-P-A-G-H-T dot com, and LinkedIn dot com under John Fletcher. Thank you for coming, John. My I, pleasure to be here. It's well, my favorite topic, so I'm it, happy to discuss well, it. It's a core area of expertise for you, too, so we're lucky to get you. <clears throat> I'd usually ask you how you first started thinking about a career in strategy consulting, but I've got to ask something else that is a little earlier. I'm discovering that a lot of the top leaders I'm interviewing on CEO Academy have been officers in the military in their former lives, and you were, what, a captain and in the Air Force, a pilot? Yes, yes. That's pretty cool, actually. I think of Top Gun. <laughs> Probably didn't feel that way at the time. But what's going on? Is it sheer coincidence that I'm talking to top leaders that have a military background? I think it's a formative experience. And, um, and I think that the military provides the 22, 23, 24-year-old recent college graduate probably with more experience and uh, more uh, uh, responsibility uh, than they normally get in a um, entry-level job in industry. The um, within four years or so, uh, like me, you might be flying a jet and all over the world and coordinating with all sorts of people that uh, have responsibility for supporting uh, aircraft in the air uh, yeah. that the Air Force does so well. And you learn a lot about how that's done, and you learn about where things go wrong, don't go wrong, both uh, operationally, strategically, and humanistically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and you might be in the Navy, and you could have a very high-level responsibility and be uh, uh, the man in charge of the of the ship on on a watch, and mm-hmm. um, and have hundreds or thousands of uh, of people uh, depending on you. That's uh, a little different than being an entry-level analyst somewhere or entry-level salesperson or this or that. I think you 
grow up quickly. Uh, you see a lot of models um, of good and bad leadership, mm-hmm. and um, and I and I think it it uh, gives you a, a perspective that could take a few more years. And so I think it helps jumpstart your career. People don't think of the military that way, but I think that they do some of the things that uh, organizations do in a world-class manner. And Other faster. Things, and and more faster. Con- and, and yes. And, and more tr- condensed, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. After John Humphrey on an earlier show about growing your company globally talked about being in the Navy and how he was in charge of people that had they were smarter in so many ways, technical ways or mechanical ways than he was, mm-hmm. and a lot older. And he was a new kid, and he couldn't even motivate them with money in the military either. I've decided I need to join the military. Good, good background. It's a chance to <laughs> it's a chance to grow up fast. Uh, yeah. one, one day you're a student pilot, the next day you're uh, in gun. charge of an aircraft, and then next day you're an instructor, and then you're a flight yeah. examiner, and you haven't even been in for five years. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's too late for me. But it's good background. <laughs> I, I have a totally different perspective now. As, as you advanced, I see that you went into strategy consulting and developed a focus in some subsets, uh, healthcare with interest in devices, typically around cardiology, cardiac surgery, orthopedics, biopharma, and healthcare IT, too. Was that triggered by some of your earlier experiences at Boston Consulting Group or maybe before that? I think uh, it's a good question. Um, I- uh, after business school, I uh, wanted to work at BCG. It mm-hmm. happened to be, uh, this is a while ago, mm-hmm. and, and in the 70s, uh, BCG was… Um, That's Boston Consulting Boston Group. Boston Consulting yeah. Group, the hot new strategy shop. Mm-hmm. McKinsey had been the leader and, and founded Strategy Consulting, and BCG came along, made a note for, name for itself, grew up fast. And, um, and and it sounded like the one that appealed to me, and, and I was fortunate to get a, a job there in the headquarters. And the um, uh, and and the experience was uh, quite uh, diverse and and rapid, um, uh, you know. Again, a, a high level of uh, learning uh, mm-hmm. at uh, a quick pace. The um, uh, the thing that BCG was doing in those days was the major industrial companies, and uh, and a new wave of growth with, that was coming in the U.S. Uh, was in. Um, uh, in, in technology mm-hmm. and in healthcare and in venture capital. Venture capital being a surrogate for funding innovation. And okay. innovation, of course, is a, is a growth, one of the many growth drivers. Yeah. Uh, so that captivated uh, my interest. And, um, and, and naturally, a large consulting firm like BCG was uh, working with the Fortune 200 mm-hmm. uh, companies at the corporate level. And I wanted to work at the business unit level uh, with people that were helping them grow. It might be an independent business or it might be a division of a large company or, or a new business a large company was either starting or thinking about acquiring. And to me, that was just a little bit more actionable, a little bit more fast-paced. And um, and, I, and so in, in 83, I founded this firm specifically to focus on helping companies grow organically, inorganically, um, it was and and uh, not just in in healthcare, not just in in technology or uh, or healthcare IT, which is the intersection of the two, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, but also in helping uh, more mature industries to rethink 
uh, their business models to become, for instance, tech-enabled businesses, even a service business, even a distribution business, you know, one Mm -hmm. of the oldest types of Mm -hmm. of businesses in the world. That Amazon Uh, is still using successfully. That's a great example of a distribution business Mm -hmm. with With great great Mm -hmm. success and leveraging Mm -hmm. technology and becoming a platform that, um, you know, is also a new business model. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're... There are many examples. They're all exciting. And, mm-hmm. um, but healthcare had your heart at that point? Uh, for me. Yeah. I, I, you know, I spend a lot of time on the healthcare side. It's only 20% of the economy. It's a big uh, sector of everybody's uh, economy around the world. Uh, the um, it's it's an innovative uh, mm-hmm. business and uh, from the point of view of bio, biotech, biodiagnostics, medical devices, as you mentioned, even innovative new services and mm-hmm. business models and things like that. And um, <clears throat> so uh, now as the head of the firm, I've spent a lot of time also on the technology side, but my love is healthcare. We have other people that you know, manage our healthcare IT and our technology and our in our more what we call corporate growth, which is more traditional businesses striving for those mm-hmm. kinds of revised business models and increased growth rates. So most of your work is around the growth, the yes. organic growth. So, oh, you are the guy to talk on this, aren't you? <laughs> uh, I think that's why we got. <laughs> that's great. You know what was interesting to me in the literature that I was going over before our show. There is not a lot of study on organic growth. A lot about acquisitions. Exactly. But not, let's talk about organic growth. What is it? Okay. Uh, let me precede that by one fundamental philosophy that mm-hmm. every listener, I hope, will agree with. Because if not, it's going to be an interesting career for them. <laughs> okay. Go <laughs> Which for is, it. CEOs get paid mm-hmm. to increase the value of their companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the foremost driver of value is growth. Uh, some companies get measured and and, um, uh, and and you know valued solely on the basis of um, revenues. Their their value is a function of um, of, of a multiple of revenues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but others might get valued on price earnings ratio. Their earnings are uh, sure they're not specifically about revenues. They're profits, but the way to grow earnings is either to cut cost or grow revenues mm-hmm. or both. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I think uh, even earnings-driven uh, valued companies need to grow revenues. Even cash flow valued companies need to grow revenues. So every CEO needs to grow revenues. And I think that is... Um, uh, the reason that it's you know uh, something that we can work with any company, something every company needs to pay attention to, and every company does talk about growth. I think every year mm-hmm. in the budgeting cycle. But how it's measured. <clears throat> but how it's measured and whether they're doing it, and how and and foremost, and we can talk about some of the reasons that people don't grow faster. My mm-hmm. hypothesis for listeners is every company can grow faster. Yeah. We're going to be coming to a break shortly, but I just wanted to, to, if we could wrap up on the definition of organic growth. Yes. How would you define it? I would define organic growth as that is the um, uh, the, the, the growth of the business that we have. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so inorganic growth is growing through acquisition. Mm-hmm. And I am not, I, and I definitely am a believer uh, that there's value to inorganic growth. Okay. But <clears throat> we all hear and we all uh, observe that uh, companies also get valued 
on on the growth of their core. Mm-hmm. Retail being the simplest one, the, the phrase "same store sales." So okay. a company may be growing very very fast because it's opening a new store per week, or at least in the days when retail mm-hmm. was flourishing. <laughs> and yeah. um, and so they're they look like they're growing very rapidly. But analysts go back and say, okay, but how about the stores that you have mm-hmm. that in place for some period of time, one year, two year, whatever the cycle is, that they should be up to maturity, are they growing? Yeah. And so you do need to grow the business, and there's a lot of uh, the core business, so to speak, and you need, and there's a lot of benefits for doing so. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I can go into those if we have yeah. time. Well, we'll have, we have about, uh, you know, a couple, 30 seconds now, but the Definition of growing internally. Companies yes. can decide on their own definitions for their own company of what that means, the criteria they're looking at and sure. how they define Absolutely. organic growth. Is that important to articulate to all your employees what you're looking at as well? I think I think when we come back, we should talk. It is, art, is mm-hmm. it important to articulate that we want to grow our existing business, our, mm-hmm. our, our, we want to grow organically. Mm-hmm. We want to grow organically in addition to making acquisitions. The mm-hmm. acquisitions will be, uh, uh, have a higher rate of success mm-hmm. if, in fact, we can grow our core. Our core is being leveraged. Our acquisitions will become part of that core or linked to that core, uh, ideally, or mm-hmm. someday become part of our core. And we often make good projections about the future of an of a company that we're acquiring and when it's our when it becomes part of our business we need to live up to that responsibility so to speak <laughs> to achieve those kinds of growth rates to make those acquisitions pay for themselves mm-hmm. so organic growth of the business we have organic growth of the business we're going to acquire that's that's the same at some point okay so just clarity on definition too because i see some companies using market penetration market development customer base expansion increased output product development you know, a lot of different i criteria. think those are all derivative of the topic that we're going to address yeah okay well let's go to break at the moment and then when we come back we're going to continue the conversation. You've got the two main ways to grow a company, organic or acquisition, inorganic. And we'll talk about how some of John's principles apply to acquisitions in the third segment. Now we're sticking to the tough stuff, the organic side throughout as your driver of sustainable growth. See you in three minutes. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from our break. We're talking to John Fletcher, Organic Growth Maven and CEO of Fletcher Spate and are talking about ideas to sustainably increase your company's internal growth rate. John, what are some reasons that companies may not be growing as fast? That may be a leading indicator they need to start thinking. I think that's a great uh, place to start. The um, It might be what they're doing or what they're not doing. And um, and, and let me let me tick off a couple that I've observed in, in practice, and uh, and I think many listeners will, you know, have be able to th- mm-hmm. relate to some of these, and, and others might be new. Um, I think part of it is so many so many companies have um, what I call a bottoms up budget, or everyone calls a bottom bottoms up budget. Uh, for instance, they have a field sales force. They go to the field sales force and they ask them uh, what they can do. Uh, you know, uh, next year, and that begins the budgeting process and ends up uh, with goal setting. Now, their comp is often a function of quota, and so we're setting, the, you know, the next year's expectations and next year's quota uh, based on the inputs from that from those reps, and mm-hmm. we roll that up. Mm-hmm. The uh, by definition, they're probably picking a number that's highly achievable. They would be a little uh, unusual if they set goals that they couldn't achieve and mm. their comp system would, would uh, work back against them. Uh, so usually those bottoms up are not stretch goals. They reflect perhaps a better effort, uh, but really business as usual. And at the same time, the competitors are doing the same thing with their bottoms up budget, suggesting if there's opportunity um uh, you know, maybe no one's taking advantage of it, mm-hmm. and if there's uh, and it might be a, a, an ability to to find an opportunity because everyone is seeking the kind of growth that they've had most recently. So it's more of the same, basically. Yes, and that's not that. There's a, or good organizational reasons for for doing that. Um, so it's not a bad practice, but if that's the sole basis for okay. thinking about how much we're going to grow next year, it's a limiter, I think, because it doesn't ask someone to look back at, uh, from the top down and say, what could, what do we think we can do? And mm-hmm. so we should come back to that. Another one is growth requires investment. And many, it, the investment might be upfront expenses, it might be uh, capital expenditures, it might be, you know, working capital and uh, some people are under pretty tremendous uh, pressure mm-hmm. uh, relative to earnings, and uh, and when you spend, it's always out ahead of uh, to get Results. things done. Right. It, exactly. Uh, so that requires a certain confidence. So now we need some, not just the ideas of how to grow, but we need knowledge and and um, and and uh, ways that we think everyone 
can you know can get the job done. Uh, we want to mm-hmm. set people up for uh, what I might call achievable growth, not 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 objectives that can't be reached, but also it hurts also to have objectives that can be easily reached. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I think we want to get to something that's attractive uh, but doable. It's and it's and it's it's always better uh, I think to um, to to start the journey. And 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 the if and it requires that the CEO uh, think uh, about uh, you know putting uh, some top-down uh, objectives, uh, putting reach, reaching out, making the stick so to speak a little longer, uh, and um, <laughs> with carrots on them. Still. With the, and the carrot can be bigger as well uh, because it will be worthwhile for everyone if, uh, mm-hmm. if the goals are achieved. Uh, the um, I think that uh, you know we want to. Uh, not only s- by starting the journey, you might have higher revenues next year, but if you're also opening up additional potential, then you're increasing the value of the organization because every company, at least public companies, which get regularly evaluated and valued, uh, people are not only looking at current results, but they're looking at the long-term potential. Mm -hmm. As soon as you, for instance, were growing exactly at the market rate today, and you end up growing at one and a half times the market rate or two times the market rate, then they're also imputing uh, a future value of this company that's higher than it was on the previous track of revenues looked at over five-year period, mm-hmm. for example, and discounted backwards. So the value of the company can be increased two ways. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's – there's also a lot of uncertainty of, uh, about the marketplace. And, um, and you know, yeah. why are we losing uh, business? Mm-hmm. If we don't know, then we can't fix it. And when we don't know, uh, you know, we, we uh, it, it, it leaves us with – you know, with a feeling that we're probably doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And the sales force is telling us, not systematically, but they're giving us some feedback. We lost this about price. We lost that because of a prior relationship. We lost mm-hmm. something else. It's not systematic. It's And it doesn't Incidental. come back yeah. to it. It doesn't come back to the mm-hmm. CEO in an actionable format. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't um, often get addressed in a way that says, now I know exactly what the problem is. I can yeah. comfortably move ahead because I've got a good voice of the customer, not voice of the salesperson. The voice, voice of, the of the customer, customer. which is critical. Yep. I want to come back to that later on because there's uh, embedded in that is data and analytics and the importance of getting to those. So I want to talk okay. about that some sure. too. But what I'd like to take a look at is the framework. If you come in and see this company isn't growing as quickly as it could and there's some need for tweaking or interest in tweaking or maybe something major. What sort of framework or process do you look at when you're evaluating organic growth? Well, for us, it'd be different than the CEO. And and we'll talk perhaps, I hope, at some point about what the CEO might do. But for us, Mm -hmm. um, we want to start with a couple things. Well, let's think about it. How should the CEO, you'll be coaching the CEO. Sure. But how would the CEO be thinking about this? I think the best thing uh, that the CEO can do is to um, uh, is to define a growth challenge, mm-hmm. to hold people responsible for growth. That has That's to be great. from the top down. Now it has to be real. It has to be realistic. Nobody can say, you know, John, 
you you need to jump seven feet because that's the world record, all right? Because John is not going to be able to ju- high jump seven yeah. feet. Yeah. Uh, so it's got to be something that John can do or mm-hmm. the organization can do. And I think that it's achievable, uh, although perhaps on the stretch side mm-hmm. of achievable. And it's higher than what we've been doing. And, and we feel comfortable about it because we know how fast the market's growing. We know how fast the competitors are growing. Mm-hmm. And we can start to think about how fast we might be able to grow. Now, this is just in the, in the, in the way we do business today. We'll come to way we might change how we do business going mm-hmm. forward. Um, and, and it's going to define a gap. If we've been growing at market rate, let me come back to the proverbial 2%. We've been growing at the market rate for years. And now we'd like to grow at two times the market rate. Then we got this 2% gap yeah Uh, let's figure out how much that is and where that might come from and that might come from uh our existing customers for sure but we ought to have every uh, those people who do get voice of the customer Mm -hmm. don't often get voice of the non-customer oh the ones that are waiting out there (laughs) well and there's two there's two types Mm -hmm. there's the ones that we lost to competitors recently or years ago Mm -hmm. we don't have a dialogue with those non-customers and we need to know a couple things from them because they may have uh, evolved in their needs uh, Mm -hmm. since they were doing business with the competitors or we may be able to find out how to win that business Mm -hmm. back and at a minimum we're going to find out how those competitors beat us because you know business is um, business is a game too and Mm -hmm. they're like every athletic event there are winners and losers the difference is in business when you lose you don't eat yeah, and when and and when you win, you not only you know uh, you open up uh, a, a future that's brighter, mm-hmm. and and so I think the challenge uh, for everyone is to take each one of those seriously and to learn from them, learn from the losses, and learn from the people who have yet to buy. Okay, so you're doing market research. That's part of your framework. Has to have have to do that to help um, to give. To give the uh, management team, not just the CEO, but give the management team some starting points for thinking about the things that they want to do differently with customers and non-customers. Okay, so we've got the defining the challenge and the voice of the non-customers in our last couple of minutes until break. Do you have any other part of your framework that you want to touch on that you'd be using to evaluate the company? There's a part of evaluation that should come later. There's an interim step. Mm -hmm. The interim step is let's get the organization to talk about the things we can do. So we we certainly can come up with ideas about any business, but the people in the business can, I hope, come up with even more ideas Mm -hmm. about the business. My hypothesis is if I asked everyone, to uh, to come up with at least one idea that we might grow yeah. a little bit more. This or, is the bottoms up and really the positive the, I think, creative. Yeah, it, it just everybody. You know, it can be a, a slice of the organization. It can be all the management team, and it can be some of the people in the field, some customers? of the customers, some of the okay. some of the dis, You know, if we have channel relationships and the like. And I, and I think that forms a very long list that needs to be and can mm-hmm. be very quickly sorted down into things yeah. that need some traction. And then we would come and we would help drive a process like that, but come back in and, um, and, and, and then evaluate which of those seem to be 
uh, most feasible, mm-hmm. you know, uh, going to be most attractive, which ones should be at the top of the list of things we do. Companies can't do everything in any one year. Mm-hmm. They start on that journey of increasing growth uh, by picking out the, the ones that they want to do first, second, third. But you have um, feedback. Boy, that would be something great if you could get every year. But tra- prioritizing it as part of the job of the CEO, yeah, too. Yeah. Some of these things are were unknowns. Some of these things were considered risky. Some of these things mm-hmm. we might have to spend money on. CEOs want make all the decisions but they Mm -hmm. might want some information upon which to make those decisions a little more comfortably and not just base it on their own gut feeling or anecdotal advice from the sales force or whatever not to rule that out but Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah no that that makes total sense oh what i'd like to do we're going to need to go to our next break now and i want to come back to a subsequent topic from this too Um, While we're on break, take a look at a Harvard Business Review article I just posted on my website and LinkedIn by Favaro, Mir, and Sharma about creating an organic growth machine, which is what John's talking about. And I think I can hear your machine engine revving up already. We'll see you in three minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network pam lassiter has written the new job security which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career it's a wall street journal award winner take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior-level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from our break. Hope you found the article on creating an organic growth machine for some more ideas. We're talking to CEO John Fletcher of Fletcher Spate, Inc. about creating this machine in your own company to turbocharge your growth. John, I want to go back to a question that we didn't 
quite get to wrap up on, on the last time. It's or who owns the organic growth? Is it the operational units or this, does the CEO set numbers and the operational units strive to reach them? Or where is the dividing line there? My experience is it, it's um, a mix of both. It certainly just uh, will vary quite a bit by company. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I've seen many large companies where the CEO uh, will say, uh, we're not growing fast enough in this particular business or we're not growing fast enough in China. Mm-hmm. And um, and so then uh, management uh, of the business unit, management of the country unit, management that was uh, you know on, on scene, so to speak, is uh, is responsible for you know coming up with a plan and showing the CEO how they can grow faster. In smaller businesses, the CEO is more fundamentally involved and in, in, in a leader of the process. So it might mm-hmm. be in a big company's goal setting and uh, maybe direction setting, uh, but. Uh, got a good team and uh, you know for every strategic business unit should be able to just ask the question I show me how you can grow faster I think we should do better and mm-hmm. uh, and then small mid-sized companies the CEOs are, are part of that team and they're leading that team so you involve your unit managers in setting the goals sure or the discussion right. at least but uh, keeping the oversight what I see is that corporate can bring advantages if, I agree, the size of the company is really important, but if the corporate level, it may just be the CEO mm-hmm. in some companies, can keep oversight, doesn't that level have synergies and can elim- eliminate some redundancies if they know what everybody is doing too? I'm not sure I understand. To have, if each business unit is setting its own goals independently, often the tendency is not to take too much risk, to be successful, get the low-hanging fruit, where at the corporate level you can see where the redundancies, oh, they're both going after this, or they're sending, you know, we have three sales teams calling on the same company, or we're not leveraging some of our… Well, certainly there there can be that kind of a… Of a problem, uh, I would I would hope mo- fewer companies have the problem of, you know, in a sense, uh, internecine warfare and mm-hmm. silos and mm-hmm. and the like. I think it. Uh, I think the challenge is much more that <clears throat> for a long time uh, we've been asking for managerial excellence at the SBU level, mm-hmm. and that has to do with some level of growth and revenue growth and some level of profitability. Okay. And and so we might have one of the world's best run companies, but that doesn't mean that we don't have more growth potential. Mm-hmm. And we can and we will get valued higher if we step it up in growth potential. And that means that the CEO needs to have a, a in a sense a, a a partnering relationship with the SBU which is I know that when you want to grow, your profitability will be different, but over time, your value will be different. And you may want to say this to one C- SBU and not all SBUs uh, in the okay. same year. Mm-hmm. Might want to take a portfolio approach to how we get this done. Mm-hmm. Um, might um, uh, you know need need to be you know uh, really involved in, in 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 if it's a frame break uh, for the company. In terms of uh, you know pushing for higher levels of growth, don't mm-hmm. forget many of these companies will be successful companies. They have pretty good market shares, mm-hmm. but when they they can be quite proud in some industries of having twenty percent, thirty percent market share. Mm-hmm. But this 
there's two thing, two problems with that. One is the rest of that market is 70 or 80 percent uh, that they'd like to have, and that's the served market today. Uh, and and we ought to do some things to get more share for sure. But there's everyone will say, well, that's the served market is not nearly as big as the total available market, market, the TAM, the total available market. And people define those and analysts and and industry pundits say, yes, the TAM is, you know, 2 billion, 10 billion, doesn't matter what it is. And and current revenues of all competitors are, uh, you know, a quarter of that, a third of that, half of that. Well, there's all that business that smart people believe is in the TAM, yeah. but it's not in the serve, the SAM market. Yeah. And so there's all, if it's true, if it's true, we need a plan to go get those customers, those potential customers. We say they can be sold to, and we are only too happy to brag about the market potential. Mm-hmm. But if if it if this market can be doubled, if the SAM can be doubled or tripled in the TAM, mm-hmm. uh, why aren't we doing that? <laughs> and what's holding us back? Yeah. And and I think that's one of the fundamental areas of of uh, reasoning and and and, and inquiry that uh, companies ought to pursue. That's a tougher side to do to go after the TAM, right? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, it may be that. Those customers are really not the same as the customers being served today. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are different. I remember when China was opening up, everybody was talking about the total available market. Right. And it's, it was very different. Sure. If you're in healthcare and mm-hmm. you look at China mm-hmm. and you look at the you know GDP per person, it's under $1,000. So you can't give somebody a... To a, a one or two thousand or four thousand dollar procedure mm-hmm. in healthcare, if they live in some of the areas that are that that bring that They're GDP served. per person mm-hmm. down, but in the major cities of China, uh, they they aspire to have the same quality of they they aspire to have world class healthcare, mm-hmm. and uh, so they spend world class kinds of dollars taking care of people, and so there it is it is. Um, uh, there is a market in some parts of China, so to speak, for mm-hmm. the kinds of healthcare that we are used to in the U.S. or Europe, and there's uh, there's not a market uh, for it in other parts of China uh, because the money isn't there. So the total available market has been some of it's already been gone right. after and right. landed and become, but there's still more places. There's a great story about Jim Kiltz, who was former CEO of Gillette and Nabisco and Kraft, about how his company, when he was at Gillette, they were selling 70% of the market razors. And that was very, they don't use the word complacent, but a very happy mm-hmm. <laughs> division. Mm-hmm. So going after the other ones, the batteries, whoever, to get their their growth over there. Mm-hmm. And he was going, no, 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 you have your turn too. <laughs> Everybody gets organic growth regardless of how well you're doing. And is that something that you agree with continuing to push all the units regardless of their success? Uh, I, th- I think that... Yes, it doesn't mean that the un- some units have that much additional potential in the business they're in currently. All there right? you go. But I don't think they ask enough about, could we uh, think about additional growth from, for instance, um, adding some lower-priced products 
mm-hmm. or some higher price products, you know, mm-hmm. with around some sub-segmentation within the business we're mm-hmm. served. And um, uh, could we could we think about adding services or improving service levels? Yeah. Uh, could we uh, find um, <clears throat> new products that can be sold within our existing customers? This is what the med tech industry does all the time. They believe mm-hmm. they spend you know, 30, 40, sometimes 50% of revenues on going to market to mm-hmm. being with their customers. So when they can increase dollars per customer, uh, that's highly, that's high leverage. It's an uh, easier sale. Yeah, because other industries have spend 10 or 15 or maybe 20% on sales and marketing. So if they, so they care very much about finding new uh, mm-hmm. products that their customers will buy and can be sold by the same sales force. The, 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 sometimes cus- companies are too reluctant to add channels if they have a direct sales force or add direct sales force if they only go to market through channels. That was an interesting point you raised to me earlier about sales force and the advantages of increasing the sales force on occasion. Absolutely. Uh, the, uh, the, the the old story about uh, Caterpillar, which just every year shrunk for 40, 50 years, shrunk the size of the salesman's territory till many of the salesmen felt like that, well, Mm -hmm. but they also felt like they really had to hustle. Mm -hmm. And and they uh, made a corporate practice of, uh, you know, the salesman was supposed to get the serial number of every single piece of construction, mining, or uh, road building equipment that was out in the marketplace because, and it was because they, wanted to make sure that they were calling on those people that, oh. they, under, <laughs> that they understood the market yeah. but also that the, the market intelligence was phenomenal yeah and and it was also a form of a surrogate for let's push deeper and deeper till we get down to the city block mm-hmm. equivalent or the square kilometer equivalent of uh, knowing who's who the customers are yeah. knowing what the competitors are doing and maximizing our opportunity. did that work they're, they were the leader for many, many years. So now shrinking the territory. Right. right. Okay. Some follow-on uh, competitors have, you know, taken a lot of share uh, through lower-cost equipment mm-hmm. and the like. Uh, but, um, you know, but every company has periods of, uh, you know, uh, growth and mm-hmm. high success. And sometimes they persist and sometimes they you know, or relegated to a lower level of success yeah. over time. And, so that's a uh, normal but they, cycle. I think then. Caterpillar, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, many, many years would, would always be seen as a global leader mm-hmm. and doing okay. some best practices to grow. That's uh, so expect some of those cycles, and sometimes it takes a longer time to pay off with organic growth, I assume, too. We have about a, a minute until break, and I'd like to touch on acquisitions briefly. Sure. Do you see, although we're not looking at the process of acquisition as part of this show, do you see that the organic growth can help with the acquisitions you may already have or ones you might be considering? I, th- I think it can. Um, the if if um, if if the best acquisitions, most people agree, uh, at least ones that are not enormous in size and can stand truly stand alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the most acquisitions we want them to uh, be a business we can manage, a business mm-hmm. we can integrate, and uh, and acquirers are often calculating the amount of synergy that could mm-hmm. accrue, um, you know, post acquisition. Uh, so that means that uh, if, if if there's synergy there that we're that that we're that we're taking that we're 
matching and 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 integrating mm-hmm. uh, after merger uh, the acquisition with our core business. So we want our core business to be growing. We want it to be strong. We want it to be capable. Mm-hmm. We know the people in our core business. We don't know the people in our acquisition. We can learn something from them. They'll have some good people. But we're really saying we're going to add this to our platform, so to speak. And organic growth is a stronger, healthier, more robust, more up-to-date platform by with which to do an acquisition. And uh, pure, simple acquisition. I hear you. It makes yeah. sense. We're going to go on a break now, our last break. And when we come back, not only are we going to be talking about how CEOs can achieve, what to take home from here, but also summarizing where we've been. Uh, We'll talk about a precious resource you have, too, about time and how you can manage its best. See you in three minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior-level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from our break. We're with John Fletcher from Fletcher Spate talking about summarizing ideas for organic growth and how you can take this leap. There, John had mentioned earlier about the risk that and the things we don't know and some of the either fears or wanting to be confident that spending your time and organic growth can sometimes take a little bit longer to consistent payoff. How can you be confident that you're going to succeed? John, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, it's one is always going to deal with some uncertainty and you know, doing things differently or doing 
spending, so to speak, to do more. Um, we all know it's valuable. Uh, you know, for the, perhaps the biggest risk is that you don't even try. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, public company, the board's looking for the CEO to drive some growth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, my answer is partially in the preparation, meaning if if we um, are, are pretty pretty thorough, pretty careful about. Um, you know, uh, documenting that there is growth potential, uh, making ourselves feel comfortable. We're not just making a whimsical decision or, or a gut feel or relying on, you know, the one smart person who said there was an opportunity. But we've, you know, whether it's market research, whether it's competitive analysis or, or whatever type of information would help people be more confident. I think the other things are we often think about these as they as, as one you know, huge uh, bite, and it and it can be a, a, a smaller and more incremental, and and I think you know people say, well, if I want to grow faster, twice as fast as the whole market, and I, for instance, need my sales force to be doubled, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a huge expense. Well, why can't we start in California? You know, California is one of the top ten economies in the whole world isn't mm-hmm. there if there's enough business throughout the u.s there's a huge amount of incremental business in california if we were to use my simple example going to double our sales force mm-hmm. instead of doing it all over in the u.s why don't we do it just in california which brings up the point about why don't we experiment a little bit not just analysis to make us feel comfortable but we can try you know the experiment. the the um a lot of uh, companies have been very careful at experimenting, uh, you know, before they launched a product. Well, you can be, you can experiment before you try to grow faster, mm-hmm. and and those those can be carefully done. And you can set, um, you know, you can set sort of a, a an increasing uh, rate of of uh, progress uh, mm-hmm. that your team is supposed to achieve, so that it. It becomes the probably the benefit is they don't feel like they're taking too much risk in any one year. Number one, number two, uh, they start to get into a pattern that we're going to do a little bit more of this every year, and it be and growth should become as important. Growth planning should become as important as planning of the existing business. So it's a mindset then. I hope so. So when I was asking John earlier about is the CEO going to have trouble deciding about priorities, and your response was. This is critical, right? <laughs> well, it, it is. And I, th- I think that if you said, um, you know, write down, you know, five things that as a CEO you should be worried about, one of them is always growth. Uh, and, and, and I think that they always do think about growth. And the challenge is that, in fact, we, we do all know that we can grow faster. Each and every one of us can grow faster. Um, is, I think that... Uh, we sat, get often too, um, I don't mean this in a, in a negative sense, but too, uh, too comfortable with the rate of growth that we have mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. and as opposed to the rate of growth that we can achieve, which we are going to get rewarded for it. You know, whether your CEO holds uh, shares or options, um, you know, those are all going to be more valuable with growth and, mm-hmm. um, and the company and the people in the company are going to have more opportunity with growth. Right. And um, uh, it's, it's, and, and, I think the shareholders will say thank you for growing our company. And I'm hearing you say you can start small. You can yes. start with pilots, test markets, right. uh, 
trying to grow a product it. Product extension or trying whatever. Trying to grow two more percent a year instead of ten more percent a year, mm-hmm. which you know, or, or something. To but pick a uh, some different. synergies, some uh, economies of scale across company that maybe could be leveraged too. That I, I think it also when you when you say it's part of what we do. Um, and some companies yeah. track this. Uh, That's great. Some companies track it. Uh, everybody's probably heard of the Vitality Index, you know, which is what percent of our revenues are coming uh, from products that are new in the yeah. last, you pick the industry. And in, in, in consumer yeah. products, it might be one year. In medical products, it might be five years or three years. Uh, but um, are we really rejuvenating our offerings to to our customers are mm-hmm. we really increasing our opportunities through new products yeah other metrics like that should be part of what the company has. so how we make ourselves fresh and continue to do it yes. all the time the pressure's on but i like right. the vitality index i could use that at home <laughs> that is great we have covered a lot of topics today and i first of all want to thank you we couldn't have gone through all this john without your expertise and guidance on organic growth And I hope you've all been inspired by some of John's ideas, too. Thank you. My pleasure. Great ideas. You can find him at FletcherSpate.com or LinkedIn.com under John Fletcher. Please check out my website, LassiterConsulting.com, or info at CEOAcademyWithPam.com, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And then next week is going to be fun. We have a show on being found. How Search Firms Find CEOs. Please join us. I'm your host, Pam Lasseter, and you have just listened to the CEO Academy with Pam Lasseter, your go-to source for CEO education. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to join us for another edition of CEO Academy with Pam Lasseter next Wednesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week for more tips from the professionals as you grow your career and your company to the top. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 